He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Hello everyone and welcome back to Asian Cinema Fusion. I am your host Paul Martinez and of course we're here talking great Asian films. We have five films that we're going to review to you, uh, review for you today. Excuse me. We're going to start off with S Storm, um, aka Z Storm 2. Now, why the sequel to Z Storm is called S Storm, I have no idea, but that's uh, the way they did it. This uh, came out in 2016 out of Hong Kong. Directed by David Lamb, who directed the first Z Storm. And he also directed a film called Asian Connection, a Hong Kong action film. It's starring Louis Koo, who plays the ICAC chief, William Luck. Louis Koo, we reviewed uh, him before in Bullets Over Summer and Flashpoint. He's been in Drug War, the Overheard Trilogy, a number of other projects. Louis Koo, big Hong Kong film star. Uh, also starring Julian Chung, who plays Detective Lao Po Kung, who you might remember from Martial Angels. And Vic Chow, who plays uh, the unnamed hitman. I don't really know much about Vic Chow before this. And uh, the tagline, as we always like to make our own taglines for these films, is Gamble Your Life Away. So what's this about? Well, an investigation of a bookmaker turns into a murder investigation when the suspect is assassinated. Now both the ICAC and the homicide police are trying to solve the case. And just so uh, you guys, the ICAC basically are like, uh, they're like corruption police. Um, I, I don't want to say blue collar necessarily, but they're a little differently than obviously homicide police. They're more about corruption within uh, the Hong Kong businesses and so that's kind of what their purview is and then of course uh, this uh, investigation turns into a homicide so I have heard comparisons of this film to the Cold War series and I can see some similarities but this is not the same thing uh, what we have here as I just described you are two different departments of law enforcement coming together kind of see despite both, you know, working for law enforcement and trying to capture the bad guys, they have this genuine dislike for one another with absolutely no logical reasoning. The cops hate the corruption investigators. The cops hate their own boss. The villains all hate each other. And to be honest, by the end, I was hating this film. The main criticism is just the absurdity of everything. Um, and not a good absurdity either. I mean, you know, hard-boiled was absurd in a good way. This, not so much. This is in a head-scratching way. Characters have no reasoning behind their motives. The cops' strategies are in hilariously inept, especially under cover work, where a five-year-old could tell, like, could pick out the cops out of, you know, out of the people sitting around them. It was just so bad. 
Uh, we also get a series of laughable coincidences. Really, I just felt this showed very little effort at all in uh, plotting. Now, it's not completely bad. I mean, Lewis Koo does a fine job here. He's a fine actor. Um, nothing award-worthy, mind you. But, you know, he he's a solid Hong Kong actor, and he does a good job of what he's given. Ada Choi, who's also in this film, is really relegated to a series of smirks and half-smiles throughout the film. But, you know, I stopped before burying any of the actors on this because they're working with what I thought was really poorly written material. And then on top of that, there's just really not a lot of action either. We do get a quick fight with a female investigator and two thugs, which was enjoyable for the minute or two that it lasted. But, you know, after that, it's really, there's like, you know, a couple of shootings, but really there's no action to speak of. The drama is just missing. I don't, I never really felt any real drama. I felt, as I said before, the plot made no sense. The characters just did stuff, and you have no reason why they did it. And everybody hated everybody else. And you had no reason why everybody hated everybody else. Just, really, just not a good film. Um, really, like, you could wrap up all the scenes that were interesting in like maybe a minute or two. Too bad that's the movie wasn't only a minute or two long because this just really was not an enjoyable. I found myself, and this is always a telltale sign for me, and I don't know if it ever happens to you guys. You're watching a film and you're checking what point in the film are you in. Like, you know, when I'm watching a film, I can see, you know, there's 20 minutes left in the film or whatever. I found myself doing that, like, multiple times throughout this film. And when you're looking to find out how much longer is left in this, you know you're not enjoying it. So in conclusion, you know, I did not give Cold War 2 last show a favorable review. But I got to tell you, that was much better than this. This gets one of the lowest scores I've ever had to give uh, on this podcast. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10. Uh, just something I would tell you, you could just skip. You I, Even if you like the first Sea storm you don't need to see this one. Really, it's really, I hate to say this because I like Lewis Cool. I guess if you're a Lewis Cool fan and you really like to watch all his films, you can watch it for him. But outside of that reasoning, I can't give any reason to recommend watching this film. Okay, our next film, Old Stone, 2016. This is a Chinese-Canadian co-production directed by Johnny Ma, which is his feature film debut. And it's starring Chen Gang as Lao Shi. By the way, Lao Shi uh, translates into Old Stone. So, there you go. And another actress by the name of uh, Anne Nai plays Mao Mao. And I don't know these actors from anywhere before this. And uh, my tagline for this film is, When Right is Wrong. So, what we have here is, a taxi driver accidentally hits a delivery worker and now must battle with doing what's right or what is best for him and his family. Now, I first have to thank the guys at Subway Cinema as I won free tickets to see this film down at the IOC Theater in New York City. I really had heard nothing about this film going in and sometimes I prefer it that way. I didn't know what to expect and what I found was a quite a nice little film. The theme of the story is basically uh, the 
apathy, the apathy, I'm sorry. The theme of the story is basically the apathy of society as a whole to the plight of others. We as a people are so self-centered and indifferent to anyone but ourselves and immediate family. This is just not the way it is here in the USA, but really all over the world, as this film's subject matter can attest to. This is told in various ways and quite well. It's a bit of a slow build that does come to somewhat unexpectedly violent conclusion, but this is, while not a perfect film, it is a very strong effort by this first-time director, and I really liked the direction he took in this story. The acting is very understated, which lends to its realism. There is no blow-away performance, but nothing that seemed out of place or over-the-top either. I mean, you know, you didn't have those, I always call them Oscar moments, where, you know, like a character has that long-winded scene, the, you know, overdramatic music in the background as he, you know, orates a bunch of, like, incredible lines as opposed to be so poignant. And I always say, oh, that's the Oscar moment. You know, when you're at the Oscars and they want to show scenes uh, for, you know, the nominations. This film didn't have anything like that. And this all fits the mood of the tale quite well. Maybe the only issue I had was some of the characters' actions. But in a way, I think that was the point. Was that, how can I say this? The actions of these characters, in one way or another, were so different than what we would expect. Yet, it's probably actually more truthful than we care to believe. Now, I think we all like to think about society as a whole as good people who always do the right thing. But in reality, uh, they usually more often than not probably don't. And I think this film really touches on that. You know, and basically what we have is, you know, this man, this taxi driver, you know, feels very badly about hitting this delivery worker and tries to do the right thing about it, even though the circumstances were not wholly his fault, as you'll see. But nobody seems to care, and everything goes wrong for this man uh, by doing trying to do the right thing. I mean, everything in this man's life completely crumbles around him because... He's trying to do the right thing. And then the twist that we get at the end is just really, I won't say completely unexpected, but where it went was completely unexpected. I mean, overall, the film is slow moving at points. And while it never gets boring, it does flirt with becoming so. In the end, though, I felt the story that he was trying to tell really came through. It's, I wouldn't say it's a work of art per se, but it's a nice watch. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10, and um, I don't know how easy it is to get a hold of this film. Like I said, I was able to catch it at the IFC Theater. But I will try to look for this. Old Stone, it's something different. Something I think that you should see, really. I, I mean that. Like I said, it's not a great film, but I think it's a film that people should see. Okay. Our next film, this is where, I haven't really given this film a, a name yet, but as I've said on my last couple of shows, I've started picking a film that sometimes, as I can't watch everything, there's a film I want to get to, and I don't get to it, and so by the time I do get to it, you know, I've watched other newer films for the podcast, so every now and then I'm going to I'm gonna pick one every show where I'm going to go back and catch a film that maybe I missed from a couple of years ago that I really wanted to see. 
and uh, add it to the podcast. So for some of you guys who really catch everything, then you might have already seen this film. But, you know, for some people who I always try to say, I try to point this podcast at some of the layman's who don't have time to watch everything and kind of want a guide of what they should stay away from or what they should try to, you know, try to read. I should say try to watch. So, you know, that's where this third uh, review usually uh, lands up. And for this one, I reviewed The Final Master, 2015 out of China, directed by Zhu Hao Feng, who directed the very popular film that came out a year ago, Judge Archer, starring Fan Lao as Master Chen Shi. Um, you might remember him from Chinese Zodiac, the Jackie Chan film. Zhang Wenli, who plays Master Madame Zhu. I don't know her from anything. Uh, before this film, but she does a good job here. And Song Jia, who plays Mrs. Chen, uh, she's mostly known for a lot of TV serials. She was also in the film Cold Steel. Really mostly though, really mostly, uh, has made her bones as a TV actress. Tagline for this film is, The Legacy Must Live On. A Wing Chun master must devise a plan to continue the teachings of his master. It is referred to as the true art of the martial world. And he wants to do this in a town called Tianjin, which is known as pretty much the home of Kung Fu. So what we have here is a Kung Fu film, but one that relies on realism and simplicity in its use. Now nowadays, when we get a martial arts film, we see practitioners engaging in these long, drawn out, ultra violent battles where men are shattering solid stone with the force of their blows. And hey, it's all good. Very exciting stuff. I find it exciting. But what Zhu Hao Feng does here is go in a different direction. Many of the battles in this film end in one or two well-placed blows. Not a ton of broken bones or bloodletting. There's no wire work. This is more, I'm almost going to say, of a martial artist, martial arts film. The fights are aplenty and very well done, which is, of course, what matters most in the genre. Now, it's what most matters, but it's not all that matters, at least not for me. And what hurts this film is its story. Now, not the plot, mind you, but the execution of it. See, the story gets so bogged down in these rules of Tianjin that it almost feels like they were making it up as it went along. Parts of this were very confusing, and in my humble opinion, unnecessarily so. Uh, sometimes simple is better, and I feel that applies in this movie. I just felt there was so much nuance to like the rules and the, and, and the plotting of what they were trying to do, to, and I just felt they just really over-complicated things, um, and I didn't think it was necessary. I mean, the acting was very good. Um, I enjoyed probably Song Jiao's performance the best. I found the character to be very multifaceted and was portrayed with great, uh, you know, subtle, subtleness. Uh, Fan Lao played the overused, stoic, emotional character that has really become a bore to me, but he did as well as could be expected. Song Yang, um, who you might know as the title character in that film I spoke about earlier, Judge Archer, was excellent here as well, playing Master Chen's ill-fated disciple. Really, everyone did a fine, fine job here, and I think the acting 
was a strong point of the film. The film's premise was well thought out. I just I'm not sure it's based on actual events, but it is possible. But you know, I think overall it's a very enjoyable film for martial art enthusiasts. I know, I, I know a few who always say, oh, you know, it's so unreal when you watch these martial art films and what they do to each other. It's just ridiculous. Well, I think for people like that who feel that way, this is a film they would like. I think if you try to look past some of the confusing, uh, like, uh, little twists and turns that, that seem to come like a mile a minute at you. I mean, really, there are nuances that you're just bombarded with. But if you could look past that, I think you will enjoy this film. Because I did. Um, and I gave it a 7 out of 10. And I think this film is either on Netflix now or it's coming to Netflix very soon, I believe I read. So, uh, look for this. Um, it's also referred to in some places as just The Master. In other places, The Final Master. But it's a 2015 film out of China. You should uh, be able to find it. So, our next film, which is our old school selection is Shaolin Invincibles, Hong Kong, 1977, directed by Ho Chang, who also directed the film Zodiac Fighters, along with a bunch of independent uh, kung fu films, starring the great Chia Ling, who plays Lu Lu Su Lang. Chia Ling has been in so many movies, I I would think she's probably best known for Chivalrous End and the Lady Constables alongside Angela Mao. Uh, also starring Carter Wong as Kang Feng Chi. He, of course, probably most famous for The 18 Bronze Men and Born Invincible. Tan Tao Lang, uh, Flash Legs. He plays Pai Tai Kung. He's been in so many films as well. Most notably for me would be Boxer's Adventure. Also, he's in The Hot, The Cool, and The Vicious. And Doris Young Chung'er, who plays Lu Yu Liang, uh, probably best known, I'm going to guess, for Secret Message. She was in a film, The Jade Fox. She's been around, never really a star, usually a, a supplementary character. And tagline for this film is, their beauty is only surpassed by their ruthlessness. So, two girls who survive a massacre of their family are trained at the Shaolin Temple and return for revenge. So some backstory here. I was looking for what to watch for the old school selection and it was suggested to me to see the infamous Shaolin Invincibles. Now I had never seen it. I heard a little and decided I'm going to see what I was in store for because what I heard was a bit off-putting. And this film was a little beyond my imagination. This film tugs at the line of absurdness for most of the way. Uh, we have monks with snake-like tongues that they use as weapons. We have a bowl-tossing monk, a fan-wielding scholar, a one gigantic-eyed prisoner, and yes, lest I forget, two kung fu gorillas. Yes, you heard me. Two kung fu gorillas. Despite this, the movie is not all bad. Um, the plot is a simple revenge one, which we've seen many times before. But the fact that the two protagonists are young women is a sight of a change. The martial arts is not the best. Although, Tentao Liang does have some nice moments here, which doesn't surprise me. 
while I've never liked his acting, I do love watching him fight. And uh, he doesn't have a lot of screen time in this film, but he has one uh, fight near the end, which is really well done. I've never been much of a Carter Wong fan. He just doesn't do anything to uh, turn me on him in this film. I mean, he's adequate in what he does, but, you know, I just feel he's just a guy. I never just, I never felt he just really captured my imagination like many other uh, kung fu film stars have. Chilling uh, has her moments as well. Not enough of them, but there are some. There are a lot of fights, many with the outlandish characters mentioned earlier. Although I actually found myself hoping for more scenes with the gorillas, just for the comic factor. As far as the acting goes, nothing really stood out in the acting department. Um, I thought Doris Lung overacted throughout the film. Carter was stiff. Um, maybe the best was uh, the the uh, not mentioned up to this point, Chen Hung Lai as the evil emperor. Uh, still, this is not a film to look for great thespian performances. This is an old school, independent kung fu film, and you're only coming for this to watch the fights. I'm going to be honest, at times this film is quite ridiculous, but it's also kind of fun. You know, it's one of those films you label so bad that it's good. I mean, this is truly in that category. You know, have you ever had a film that said, oh, it's so bad it's good? Okay, this belongs in that list. It's good for a laugh if you're in the mood to not see anything too serious. You know, if not, you know, sometimes you just want to watch a film. Again, martial arts is not great. Storyline is nothing that's going to wow you. And you're going to have a bunch of ridiculous characters. Still, despite all that, it's not the worst thing you can watch. I give it a four and a half out of ten. And you can see this for free on YouTube. That's right. Go to YouTube, uh, search for Shaolin Invincibles, and it's there. Not the greatest copy, but it's YouTube, and it's free. I mean, what do you think you're going to get? Um, I'm sure you could go online and uh, maybe uh, eBay or something and find a better copy. But I don't think this is a film, and uh, I hate to say this, but I'm not sure it's a film you really want to spend money on buying. And our last entry for the day, this is our wild card film. Which again, if there's anybody new listening, what a wild card film is a film that I feel... Many people don't know about, uh, you know, um, at least I would say, like, again, I kind of target this at the layman. So if you're like, uh, you know, if you're an uh, Asian film guru, you're going to know a lot of the films that I talk about in my wild card section. But, you know, for the more of the layman's who don't see everything, like I said, that's kind of for you. And these are films that are older, not older as far as old school, but they're older and um, probably not as well known as many other films. Like you're rarely going to see me talk about, although I did a couple of weeks ago. I talked about Old Boy, which was kind of something I usually won't do in this because I think Old Boy's got a pretty big following. Usually what I do in this is I'm going to pick films that don't have big followings, but that I think are films that you should see. And for this one, it's going to be Art of the Devil. Now this is out of Thailand, 2004. Directed by... Tanit, oh, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, Tanit Jit Nukul. Now, he is known for the film Narok, also known as Hell, which came out a couple years ago, which is actually uh, a pretty popular film. And the film Ghost Day, if you're a fan of Thailand films, you've probably heard of Ghost Day, and you've probably heard of Mr. Jit Nukul. Starring 
Supaksan Chai Mangko, I hope I said her name right, as Boom. Uh, she was in the film BKO, which we're probably going to review here in this actual spot uh, sometime soon. As well as Handle Me With Care. She is a former model in uh, Thailand. Beautiful woman and I think a very underrated actress. Also starring Arissa Wills, who plays Nan. And Somchai Satutham, who plays Danai, a kind of a reporter, a uh, newspaper reporter. And the tagline for this film is, her canvas is painted with blood. So, what we have here is a scorned woman uses black magic to exact revenge upon the men who wronged her and his entire family. Ah... The Thai horror film. Nothing quite like it. And this is maybe my favorite. There's not a lot of jump scares. But what this has is is a general feeling of uneasy creepiness. Which is something I always prefer. What this did instead of the Rask ghost stories that we see from Asia. Is mixing a bit of witchcraft as well. As good as some old fashioned violence. Yes, we do see a ghost child running around. That does seem to be a requirement for any Asian horror film. But she doesn't look like the carbon copy of the ones like we've seen in films like Juwan or The Ring. And the story itself is actually quite easy to follow, yet not overly simple. The director does a nice job of making you feel for the antagonist, then turn against her later. In that way, he shows what I always feel, which is that there aren't inherently evil people. It's circumstances that cause things to escalate. And I feel that's, you know, what he's showing is what happened here. In the beginning, I think you feel bad for Boom. And, you know, you don't blame her for the way she reacts. But then she goes so far that now you're like, well, okay. You took it too far now. Now no, now we can no longer back you on what you're doing. And I kind of like that. I kind of like where she went from almost like you're feeling bad for her and then hating her. And I, I just felt that was really well done in this film. Now, the acting in these types of films is always sketchy at best. And here is no different. The protagonist, uh, played by Arissa Wells, was gratingly bad in my opinion. And I'm going to say, you know, it seems... Like, maybe I wasn't the only one who feels that way, being that I cannot find any other credits to her resume. As far as I can tell, this is the only film she's ever been in. And the way she acted in this, I'm almost hoping that's true. <laughs> However, though, Supaksan Chaimonko was excellent as the bringer of evil. She was believable as she was beautiful. Uh, this film relied heavily on her acting ability, and she delivers. I am surprised to not see more films credited to her. What this film also does have is some very powerful imagery. From eels, to blood spattering, to gruesome deaths. This is all quite harrowing and done at a perfect pace. There are no lows here, but there is time given to take in what's happened, as well as tell the story. A balance I find many directors in this genre struggle with. Either everything's at a breakneck pace where you don't have time to react to anything, or, you know, you just get these 
moments in between the good stuff, as we say, where you're just like, you know, pulling your hair out of your head. This didn't happen. You never, it was a constant dread going on. Stuff happened, but you wasn't bombarded with one, you know, horrific scene after another. The horrific scenes are there, and they are plenty, but you're given time to see them, to take them in, to understand them a little bit, and before the next ones come. And I, I just really like that about this film. The ending, the ending was a bit formulaic, but, you know, I got to give that a pass, as I found this was a quite enjoyable film, even on my third viewing, which I did before writing this review, and I always do that. I always like to watch uh, these films, even if I've seen them before. I like to watch them again before I do the show. So, you know, what What we have here is a woman who has an affair. She gets pregnant. And the man, the married man who she had an affair with is a complete just jerk of monumental levels. I mean, this guy is like the dirt of the dirt. I mean, he's a real, you know, he's a real... Shit, shit bag, you know. I was gonna use another S word, but, uh, we'll try to keep it fairly PG-13 on here. And because of this, she wants revenge. I mean, she, she, and I'm want her to get revenge on him. But she's so over the top that now it's anybody who's even related to him in any way is now gonna pay. And that's where the film just starts to take off where this scorned woman has now just embraced evil and horrific ways and so if you want to see a bloody creepy harrowing horror film i would generally say thailand does this pretty well and this is probably the one i would point to first now there are two sequels which are unrelated but also pretty good and keep in the same fashion of using the black magic I, I, you know, I would, I would watch the, the sequels as well but if you're only going to watch one of them then this is definitely the one to watch and I'm going to give this film a 7 out of 10. And I don't do that too many with horror films. But this is a very good one, I feel. Um, not for the squeamish, but at the same time, not overly gory for the sake of goriness. Um, which I've seen a lot of films do. It's a film that there are images that are going to be unsettling. Okay, that's our show. So, I know, I promised last time I would have Handmaiden. And I have watched Handmaiden. And... Spoiler port, I liked it. It will headline our next show. What happened was I wound up getting the free tickets to Old Stone and wound up seeing that and wound up seeing that before I saw Handmaiden. And so that kind of took Handmaiden's spot on this podcast. But it will be our headline for next show. Along with something different as we review our first animated feature here on Asia Cinema Fusion. As we talk about Soul Station, which is the precursor to the mega hit Train to Busan, which we reviewed on here. All that plus more. So remember to check out our Facebook and Twitter pages. We are Asian Cinema Fusion on Facebook and we are at AZN Cinema Fusion on Twitter. I have completed my rundown of my top 100 favorite Asian films. So if you are been following, you can give comments on the, either the Twitter or Facebook page about the list and any films you feel I admitted, any films you feel are I'm insane to have on there. Uh, I always love to hear from you guys. Any questions, and as always, if you have any questions about trying to find any of the films I'll be viewing there, maybe it sounds something that you really want to see and you can't get a hold of it, always drop me a line on the, uh, you could uh, message me on Facebook or on the Twitter or 
on the message part of wherever you listen to this uh, podcast. And I will try to help you point you in the, in the direction to be able to see any of the films I review. And that's it. And as always, I want to really thank you guys for listening. And Happy New Year to all of you. And we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Until then, bye-bye.